Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Fighting Manny Pacquiao is is an experience. It's not a fight. Mindset to money. I, I think any business, you have to make it someone's third place. Speaking to some of the world's most interesting people. Right, so that would be considered an example of a biohack, where I'm hacking my biology. From Sutherland, England. Now living in Los Angeles, California. You put him in the ring with me in his day, and I'm talking his best day, and I'm 50 right now. I will knock him nah. out. Here's your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. If this is the first time listening to the Boxing Life podcast, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. This is an excellent episode. You're really going to enjoy this one. We don't talk about boxing, we talk more about life. Like I said, each week when I upload a podcast for the Boxing Life podcast, one week's going to be boxing, one week's going to be life. This week is life, and I'm so happy that these boys came in to record this episode, because it's great. That's exactly what we talk about. So, a little bit about the boys, Sal, Adam, and Justin. They've got a huge, huge podcast called Mind Pump. They've also got online fitness programs, big YouTube channel, big social media following. I would describe them as geniuses. They seem to know everything about everything. That's why it's so easy to have a conversation with them, like this one that you're about to listen to now. And we get into topics like sleeping problems, stress, stress when you exercise, marketing online programs, delivering value in business, and also we talk about sex. We've got Kevin, Glenn, myself, so the six of us, six guys talking about sex, and it is not what you think six guys would talk about. Probably if we weren't recording and we talk, and we were having a few drinks, it would be a different conversation. But with these boys, they're very up to date with everything that's going on. So we talk about how porn is damaging their industry, uh, how it's so easy to get sex. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it for you too much. You need to listen to this episode. It's fantastic with these boys. Also, I want to tell you about our Box and Burn Academies that's coming up. The Box and Burn Academy is our education program where we teach you how to teach boxing to other people. So if you're a fitness professional, a boxing enthusiast, a fitness enthusiast, if you just like boxing or if you just want to hang around with me, Glenn and Kevin, sign up for one of these courses. So we've got June 10th in San Jose, California. We've got July 6th and 7th in Sydney, Australia. We've got England, Sheffield, England, the end of August. We've got Dover, New Hampshire in September, level one, level two. And we've got Austin, Texas in October. So if you're interested, boxandburnacademy.com, use code BOXANLIFE2018 and you will save $100 of all of them courses or our online course. So if you can't make it to one of them locations, and you want to do the course and get certified, level one and level two is now online. Use code BOXINGLIFE2018 and save $100 off them as well. Here it is, the Boxing Life podcast with me, Tony Jeffries, Kevin Watson, Glenn Holmes, and the Mind Pump Media Boys. Enjoy. Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time. Us too. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, this is probably the fourth time that I've seen you in LA, or third. And you have not boxed yet. I mean, Justin's done a little bit of boxing. What's <laughs> yeah. happening? We come to a boxing gym, we're not boxing. Right? Yeah. supposed well, to be fitness professionals. So are we not going to tell the people that I just knocked you out in the ring right before we got on? <laughs> <laughs> that what you're saying? I don't yeah. like to tell lies. <laughs> why lies. do you not box? Yeah, you know, I did so much boxing earlier today that I think I'm just <laughs> <laughs> A 5 a.m. run. Yeah. 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 No, but seriously, you should come and have a session. Oh, I would, I would love to. If I didn't have a bum Achilles, this would have been a great a great workout for us. I don't think anybody lifted on this trip. Did anybody lift on this trip? No, we didn't do any, any type Mar- of exercise I mean, Moved weights and posed. Yeah, right. that was about as uh, yeah. rigorous as I got. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more into looking fit rather than actually being, <laughs> being fit. fit. Yeah, that's the it's, it's a big facade. Yeah, is that the kind of workouts you all do? Like lift. 
Uh, re resistance training, yoga, mobility, you know, do I, sometimes I'll do interval type training, but uh, a lot of times it's basically if we're working a lot and there's a lot mm -hmm. of stress or whatever, I'm trying to maintain and manage my health. So right. these days I'm not so focused on pushing performance because uh, I, I, we push ourselves so hard with with work and well, what we're he was, to you do. were never an athlete either. It's like Justin and I are more likely to train like an athlete. So yeah, I was I can't have everything. I just <laughs> I just tore my Achilles what six weeks ago getting back into playing basketball. So I was just starting to train oh, like an athlete. You know, I, was, I was on the second day back in the basketball gym and the right. Achilles go. So uh, that was kind of a bummer because I was just I set a New Year's resolution this year that I was going to get back into two of the sports that I loved and snowboarding and playing ball basketball. And I was on day two of doing that. Bought all the gear. Got the new snowboard. Got three new pairs of J's. I'm all ready to go. Day two. Boom, there goes the yeah. It happens a lot, too, with older people in basketball. And you, yeah. Especially when you go back. You just older, older people. people. <laughs> older well, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, Kevin, you were my favorite. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, I, th I think that's it's very common, I think, though. It is. On the basketball no, it, it, it's very common. And I'm also, uh, I'm also going through low testosterone. So I normally am on uh, hormone replacement therapy. So I have been since I've been 30 years old. And that was because... I dabbled in a lot of steroids when I was in my early 20s and that's just kind of I've managed it for a long time that way and then I got into competing and I, I increased my levels when I was competing at the professional level of bodybuilding and what I do is every year I try to come completely off and then see kind of like if I can naturally boost it because I don't of course I don't want to be on it for the rest of my life but mm -hmm. so I'm at this period I've been off for six months and I didn't know until after the fact that there's a direct correlation with low testosterone levels and Achilles tears and I call mm -hmm. I, I, <clears throat> I had no idea right so I went and I, play, I was playing basketball it goes I call the boys I'm like fuck I think I, I fucking tore my Achilles I'm almost mm -hmm. sure of it and uh, Sal goes, oh, fuck. I forgot to tell you, bro. It reminds me of a study. <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, yeah. He goes, that reminds me of a PubMed study I read. Yeah, there's like, there's that. And he sends it to me like 30 minutes later. He keeps making those athletic jokes. That'll keep happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting, though, that low T uh, is yes, correlated it's to in, high Achilles. In, in general, like it's... Poor it, joint and tendon health. Yeah, so in general, it's connected to just tendon rupture. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, because you need a certain amount of testosterone, to maintain the integrity of your connective tissue, just your body in general. So people like to talk about the, the side effects and the dangers of too much testosterone, like when a man takes you know, anabolic steroids to build muscle or whatever, but there's terrible health effects with low testosterone as well. It's, it's directly connected to increased risk of heart disease, prostate cancer, cancers in general. Depression is a big one. Mental uh, and mental anguish is a big one with low testosterone. So that's why a lot of times, like, I, I mean, all joking aside, it's, it's been... You know, uh, I really respect, uh, you know, Adam as an individual and watching him go through this and seeing what he's having to deal with from it and the way he's handling it has been a superstar. I want to ask you a question on that, what you just touched on then, about the depression. So as far as causation and correlation between low testosterone, does that is that a cause of depression or is it the depression that lowers the testosterone? It can be both. So What's the trigger? It can be both. Yeah, sure. yeah, so if you, if you are high stress or high inflammation, so you have more, uh, you know, so then you feel depressed, that can cause testosterone levels to lower. Mm. But if your testosterone levels are low, which be. his were low because he had been taking synthetic testosterone for so long that his body just stops. That's what happens. Your body stops producing. It's yeah. called a negative feedback loop. So when it stops producing testosterone, it, he's in an artificial low state that's caused by, that was caused by taking synthetic testosterone for sure you're going to feel some mental side effects and increased yep. anxiety and depression 
are the two most common ones. So, Boy. and it's it's just and you figure your libido goes down too, and that just yeah. feeds into the cycle as a yeah. man. Like there's you know, there's nothing worse than feeling like on top of the world because you're full of testosterone, mm. and then all of a sudden feeling like you can't even get a heart on. I mean that'll yeah. just yeah. that in itself will make you depressed. So there's definitely it's inversely yeah. related for it's sure. It's happening as well. You can't get a heart on. Well, pretty close. I mean, it's to the point where so I mean it depends um, if Justin's around. Yeah, <laughs> it, does, it does help actually. It's getting really it's uncomfortable awkward. though. I have to yeah. invite him over every time my girl wants to have sex though. You know what I'm saying? Give <laughs> <laughs> that picture though. Just, so, yeah. You can use that. Yeah, it doesn't work as well, but we have been trying that lately. No, on, really though, it's, you know, I, I went from somebody, uh, you know, I'm 37 years old. I probably have sex three to five times a week on a normal basis. Uh, where I'm at now, I mean, I'm lucky one time a week right now. And even then, it's just, it's not, it's not the same. It's not the same as when I'm on testosterone. When I'm taking right. testosterone, it's a So did you just... Well, you're on it, then you come off it. Well, no, 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 no. So I, I, I've been off completely for six months, but I was actually the last year. Once I stopped competing, yeah. and it wasn't necessary for me to be taking as much as I was taking to be at the professional level, I did a pretty slow taper. Right. And that was by recommendation from Sal and a, a doctor client of his that said, you know, he's been on it long enough with the HRT and then with the competing that he can't even do a normal PCT, right? So post-cycle therapy, I couldn't even do a normal one. I needed to do this real slow, long taper. Now, luckily, I never got to really high dosage. Like for me, uh, 500 milligrams, my body would start to see adverse effects. So, right. And uh, for, for bodybuilding, that's a... That's a relatively low to moderate dose. That's not even yeah, nowhere near what some level. Yeah. Ever, all my peers were Grams. two, three times that. Yeah. So are you going to get back on it then? Uh, I might. I'm actually, and what I plan to do is is share that journey with our audience. So like right now, I'm trying to do it naturally, and there, it's also motivated too. My, my girl and I, she's 38. She's gonna be 38 years old in November, and so it's kind of getting that time where if we're going to have a kid, this would be the time. So part of that's motivated by that that I want to make sure I get yeah. my regular test levels up. But it's going on six months now where it's been like this. And for me, my overall mental health and then my relationship with my girl that we've been together for seven years, like if I, if I continue down this path, if I don't see a more of an uptick naturally, then absolutely I'll go back to my HRT. Right. What, what are the, like, say, like maybe top three things that you're doing naturally to boost it? Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm playing with. Stress is probably the number one thing that I notice that makes a difference on my libido. So as much as I've played with diet and red light therapy and doing all kinds of stuff like that, I feel like nothing eliminates more than, than eliminating the stress that's in my life. Or at least managing it. Yeah, exactly. So there's things like that that I take getting out from work and taking a day or two off when I normally wouldn't because I'm the type of person I get very myopic with whatever we're doing and mm-hmm. put my head down and don't stop. So trying to schedule those types of days, doing things that are more therapeutic, my training, I don't need really high intense training or I don't need to stress the body anymore. So a lot of stuff is recuperative. So that type of thinking, but what really sucks is probably the best thing that I could do is do some good strength training to naturally boost that. Mm -hmm. And with the torn Achilles, I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's been really hard. Was, bicep curls for a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't going to have that big of an impact. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you want to raise testosterone. Yeah. Totally. You want to do barbell squats. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do the, yeah. loud signal. Yeah. You want the full body yeah. exercises. Yeah. We also, yeah. you, you're also, uh, you know, I, I recommended some herbs that you're, you know, you can start trying. Yeah, no, I've, I've got a whole regimen yeah. of, of supplements, but you guys know us. Like, I'm not big on telling people, no. like, try this, do all these. I'm doing all the gamut of supplements. Like, yeah. all the ones mm-hmm. that are supposed to help naturally boost my testosterone levels. 
I'm doing all that, including the every morning I get up and sit in front of the red light therapy for a good 15 minutes. So I'm doing all these things that's on cutting edge that's supposed to help Bruce. This is great for your listeners to follow you on this journey because you're learning and then you can give it to them as well. Right, right? so I try and share. I'm very open on our show. So if, if you listen to Mind Pump, you'll hear me talk all about I'm, I'm an open book. If someone asks me questions that's about great. how much testosterone I'm taking or the struggles that I'm going through, we try and be very transparent about that. When you're talking about stress, are you talking about stress on the, on the body from the training or the actual mental side? Both. Yeah. Both, for sure. And they all, both all are... All stress. Yeah. It's all the same. Both, right. Exactly. Right. Both can be... It is? Oh, stress is stress. So although one may cause damage and inflammation in your muscles and one may cause you to th- overthink things or whatever, all of those uh, put your body in a state, a sympathetic state, cause... Fight or flight. Yeah, release of cortisol... Uh, you know, which then stays elevated for long periods of time. So then your body starts to downregulate receptors with the cortisol attaches to. So now you're developing, you know, HPA axis dysfunction, catecholamine production has changed, dopamine, serotonin. I mean, they all affect you. Like, I'll tell you what, like if you overtrained super hard all the time, just push yourself too hard, the effects that you would feel would be similar to you losing a lot of sleep where you just lost lots of sleep over and over again. Although your muscles right. may not get so sore, it would still affect your body in a very similar way. Yeah. So it's all, it all contributes to total stress. And that's a big mistake a lot of people make when they're managing their, their workouts is they don't take into consideration all the other things that happen. So sometimes we would get a client, you know, for example, who would come to us who's a type A individual, okay? Super go, 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 works their ass off, you know, 12-hour days at work or more, very high strung, very high stress, and then they would come in, and then their goal, they would want to work out as hard as possible, and not realizing that stress is cumulative, and so that individual may benefit from something that's a little bit more recuperative. They may benefit more from like a, maybe a yoga class or a mobility workout or something that brings stress down, but also still sends that, you know, that, the, the fitness signals that we're well, looking the, for. The stress from training, uh, just like an average training session, that's not, that's not as bad as mental stress it can depends it can really? be on the person yes. and let me get what we're to make it simpler what Sal's talking about it was and I remember seeing this as a trainer all the time is you get clients typically the clients that are attracted to the super high intensity type of training are also the ones that need it the least because they already run a very high stress life. They're the ones that work 16 hours a day and they're grinders, go getters at work. And then on top of that, they come into into a gym and they work out in a high intensity training session. That person actually would probably benefit more from like yoga. I always tell people that normally what you're doing, you're probably doing the opposite of what you need to be doing. Exactly. But do you know how hard that is for what you say, the type A person? If you're just used to being intense and on it and on it and on it. The last thing you want to do for a workout is, is go and sit there and go. Oh, they hate like it. That. They it's hate difficult. Well, you well, know, short attention span. You want that high intensity mm-hmm. drive right. all the time. Well, think about it this right. way: uh, cortisol feels good. It's a. It's people. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about it like it's an evil hormone or whatever. You need it. It's a wakefulness hormone. So, if you're healthy, if you're a healthy individual, and you wake up in the morning and you wake up and you're alert, that's cortisol. Cortisol mm-hmm. wakes you up. It gives mm-hmm. you energy, and it feels really freaking good to have cortisol because you've got that nice good energy. Now, if it stays elevated for too long, that can cause damage to the body and the body starts to adapt to high levels of cortisol by, and this is just one example, it could downregulate receptors that the cortisol attaches to. So you guys are familiar with insulin resistance, right? Mm-hmm. This is like pre-diabetes where the body starts to become, where insulin starts to have less of an effect on the body, so the body reacts by producing more insulin, and then you get this feedback loop that cascades and eventually can turn into diabetes. Well, similar things can happen with other hormones. So, 
if you're taking testosterone, you take lots of testosterone, you'll notice great results at first, and then all of a sudden you need more to get more results. Well, this is because the body downregulates receptors and stops responding the same way. Same thing can happen with cortisol. So when you have this high-strung type A individual who's drinking lots of coffee, which, by the way, is simulating what cortisol does, on top of it, they've got you know, stressful relationships or whatever, then they come in and they want to work out real hard. And the reason, one of the reasons why they feel so good after that hard workout is a hard workout causes the release of what? Cortisol. So what they're, what they're feeling temporarily is, I, oh, now I can feel yeah, that cortisol. They're cortisol junkies. Yeah, because my body's been, is so, has adapted so much to the cortisol that now two cups of coffee isn't doing it for me. And I have to be in a really stressful situation to feel this cortisol give me energy. And mm-hmm. so then they continue to go down this path. And then- Which is why we've all had clients. I'm sure you guys all have. You guys have been trainers for a long time. You've had clients who, man, they're eating hardly anything. You know they're kicking ass in the gym because you're kicking their ass in the gym three, five days a week. Why are they stuck? Yeah. Why are they not losing anybody? Their body is completely like rebelling. Yeah, it's hit a wall. And it's, it's a, from pushing that. Adrenal stress too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's what they, yeah, adrenal that's fatigue. What they call that, yeah, the HPA dis- axis dysfunction, what salads is and yeah, that's another term. Yeah, so ad- adrenal fatigue is the terminology that uh, wellness practitioners have used for a long time, but um, it's probably not a good, it's, a, it's not really the best term to use because it's misleading. Now, they, they named it adrenal fatigue because they observed all of these, uh, there, was a, there was a list of side effects that functional medicine and wellness practitioners noticed. You know, fatigue, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, having difficulty having full night of sleep. Uh, in women, it could be hormonal issues that cause, you know, issues with their period and men, low libido, you know, maybe periods of ha- hair loss, cold, you know, cold, clammy hands. These are all, uh, you know, side effects uh, that kind of categorize what we're talking about. And so they named it adrenal fatigue, but really what's happening is it's not your adrenals that are fatiguing. You're still producing these hormones. It's just the balance between the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenals, and also your thyroid many times that is not working out so well. Your body's not responding so well. And so you just, cortisol is high at night when it should be low. It's low in the morning when it should be high. So you wake up and you're drowsy as hell and you can't get going. So you drink a shit ton of coffee. Then when you finally do go to bed, and many times you need something to make you, to help you sleep, like a glass of wine or you know, a joint or something like that. Then you go to sleep, 2, 3 a.m. This is a very common one. I wake up and I'm just wide awake and I can't go back to sleep. Yeah. Your cortisol just went up in the middle of the night. So, yeah. Talking about the, uh, the, the, the stressful even, uh, sorry, the, the stress with working out. In, with boxing, like everyone who comes here says, boxing's the, the best way to relieve stress. But you've seen it's, it's, it's a different sort of stress, right? Well, it can be. So, um, I mean, exercise in general can be an an excellent way. It's actually one of the best ways to relieve stress. Now, in in the short term, it relieves stress because when you exhaust yourself, you get the cortisol released, that all feels good. But in the long term, and exercise is interesting like this, right? Like exercise strengthens the immune system makes the body more uh, resilient to stress. All but after it, the fact. But it's after the fact because your body adapts. After the what? It's after the fact. Not so it's while not, you're working. While you're working out, technically, it's a major stress. Right, right, right. Yeah. right, oh, right. right. So it's afterwards because then your body aims to adapt and become more resilient. It's overcoming to, your environment that you're placing in front of it. So. That's right. So yeah. it just becomes more resilient. And so then you become more resilient to stress because you're fit, because you're healthy. Right. Um, but, I mean, you guys are good coaches. You know this. When you see someone coming in and they say they want a hard workout, but you're looking at them and they're, yeah. okay, today we're going to focus on technique. And you can scale it, right? You can, you, can, you can change the workout, still boxing, but you can change the intensity based on the individual. So Yeah. We spoke about this before about successful people, like the type of people. I'm, 
no matter what they're successful at, when they come to the gym, they work the fucking horses off, right? <laughs> yeah. Them's the hardest workers. Unsuccessful people don't really, they don't work out, or if they do, they're the lazy bastards that hide <laughs> on the side of the bag, you know? But the, we've, we've worked with all sorts of successful people, yeah. like Glentrian's a stonemason who's a self-made multi-millionaire and he comes in and he works his fucking ass off every single session how you do right? anything is how you do everything some of yeah. the, the most wealthiest hardest working people in the world don't fucking touch a gym they don't go to the gym like who yeah. Donald Trump. Warren Buffett <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't he eats McDonald's every fucking day yeah. I mean but yeah. the ones that the ones that from, do from work out experience yeah, yeah. Well, how right. you do anything is how you do everything right yeah. Yeah. so if you have if you, you if you go after you know the way you go after work you probably will go after that and that's what I mean is and it's funny too the, the people that are into the yoga the kind of the hippie crunchy people like those are the ones that can use some intensity in their yeah. life mm-hmm. they're, they're always yeah. they're always cruising they're meditating they're, they could actually use a little good stress and push and push their body in some limits yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah. yeah I trained two yoga instructors like they're doing really well in yoga world and they love that high intensity session and it, those are the people that I can push right. like to you know to their limits because I know right after this session they're going and doing like an hour or two of yoga right they're doing they're the doing necessary that, work their, to counter right yeah that's their bread and butter is the yoga so it's that's like excellent. as soon as they get in the gym it's like you know grind hard whereas other people you know it's like what you were saying taper that intensity down because they're probably grinding in other areas of their well we just really, we well. just we just got done like last week or actually this week we released um our latest program hit and it's a high intensity interval training and it's pro- it's right now it's it's broken all kinds of records for sales for us and we knew that because it's very marketable it's very trendy in the last probably five six years but we waited to release that because we just don't believe in teaching that to somebody right out the gates, that mm-hmm. there's levels first that they should go through. And yeah. so we held back on release. In fact, it's the only program we have that even comes with a warning. We don't think that someone should do that until they're a little more advanced. And then if you do follow it, you can, should cycle out of that high intensity every six weeks or so and right. kind of yeah. come down. T- tell me more about this uh, online program, the HIT so we have uh, we have a lot of online fitness programs for different goals and different adaptations. But the one Adam's referring to is a high uh, uh, you know high intensity interval training type workout. So you know three days a week you're in the gym and you're choosing between three levels and one's a 15 minute workout, one's a 20, and one's a 25 minute. But it's extremely intense. And the days in between we include lots of mobility work because one of the biggest problems that we've seen with high intensity interval training type workouts is the injury injury rate the lack of the recovery program adjacent to that yeah so we and we've programmed that all in into the program and and put that all together and we phased it so it's six weeks and you know the first you know the first couple weeks you're focusing on barbell complexes and then you move to dumbbell multiplanar movements and then you move into you know body weight explosive type movements to kind of progress somebody but you know the thing about high intensity interval training is it's popular because it's effective in the short term. No doubt, you go to the gym and you do, you know, hit training for 20, 25 minutes, you're going to see some pretty good results, especially out for the first three to, three to five weeks. Right. So it's very popular. The problem is all the high-intensity interval training type programs out there have terrible programming. What, what the trainers do is they just put together three or four hard exercises. You know what I mean? Like, okay, 30 seconds of burpees, jump rope, do some pull-ups and some push. Like they have, there's no rhyme or reason to the way they program the workout. So just make it hard as shit. Just make it hard. (laughs) Like we're gonna make you sweat, make you sore. In which case you don't need a program. Anybody could do that. Pick three things, do them real hard and then you're, you're done. So we program this with the intention of, you know, creating balance in the body, reducing injury, making it as effective as possible so that the person's body doesn't plateau like it normally would. 
um, you know, basically program it like trainers would. Yeah, it sounds really good. I don't think anyone's done that before, have they? Hit? No. Oh, there's no. lots of hip uh, programs. Not, not the way I we mean, did I mean, it, but yeah. Uh, you talk about the mobility and the recovery. I've heard CrossFit. I mean, the online thing where you help them with the recovery and the mobility and all that. That's a that's a fucking great idea. Every program that we have created has been kind of a response or answer to a modality that's already out there that exists. For example, like you threw out CrossFit, like when we created our second program, it was Maps Performance, which is Maps Green. And it really was centered around the programming that if you're somebody who likes athletic training, like if you get into CrossFit, the workouts, yeah. you know, we teach you how to program that way of training better. So if you enjoy compound lifts, these challenging multiplanar things, if you like that, that intense type of training, well, this is how you should progress that way. So that's where we did performance. And then we got a ton of people asking us after I got done competing and going pro, all these people were asking us to design, what would it look like if you were to do a bodybuilding program? So that was MAPS Aesthetic, the Black Pro. Right. So every program that we've created has been kind of a response to people wanting to know, well, how would we write or mm -hmm. program like this type of, for this type of person? Well, so, and, and there's somewhat of a formula to it that we've kind of honed in on. And um, it, it somewhat models like, uh, we actually took this from Dr. Andy Galpin. He talks about you're either optimizing or you're adapting. And so um, between our, our programs, we're always trying to adapt, but now we're flirting a little bit more with how we're going to optimize, how we're going to go a little more, you know, flirt with the extremes, right. but then pull you back to the foundational uh, mentality. So we, we took the, the first couple years, um, we were trying to develop these programs. We we're trying to address uh, the main goals, the, you know, the, the broad stroke goals that everybody has in, in terms of fitness and health and to kind of steer them into those sound movements and uh, foundational movements to establish good mechanics and learn their body specifically. So now we can kind of jump them up to these more extreme type of training that people, you know, it's more sexy, it's, it's definitely more marketable, um, but is that really, are you there yet? You know, so there's, yeah. there's prerequisites to this whole process. And so it's a hard thing to kind of, as trainers, to pull people back because they get so excited about these, you know, these high intensity, like, mm. you know, everybody gets into that shit and it's, it's great. Cause I mean, I love it. Like I came from athletics and, you know, hard, intense training. And I mean, it's, it was one of my favorite things, yeah. but, uh, going through the process of now let's approach this with a smart measured mentality. What does that look like? Well, and bottom so, line is we know that like the thousands of clients that each of us have trained over the course of 15, 20 years, a majority of the people just aren't ready for that or can't handle that yet. There's other things they need to address first, which is also why I would say our Prime Pro, which is our corrective type of program, right? So Prime and Prime Pro was readdressed imbalances, which I've never seen anybody do that online either, which is right. before you even do any of our programs, we highly recommend you go through an assessment figure out where all your muscle imbalances are, and then we kind of teach you how to program that to address that within whatever program. So you could be following somebody else's program, but we, we've taught people how to uh, address their imbalances. So these programs are for, for, for people to use on themselves, right, rather than personal trainers who want to teach them? Both. We actually have a huge, um, mm -hmm. we actually have a huge uh, consumer base of trainers yeah. who uh, get our programs and then use them to, on their clients. as models, right. to construct individualized programs yeah, that's for their clients. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a huge uh, huge following of trainers because we were there in San Jose, when was it? It was last year. We October, did, wasn't it? October, yeah. we did mm -hmm. the, the Boxing Burn Academy, our education course, and 
we got so many people coming from who'd heard your podcast, who listen to your podcast, and what a great uh, bunch of people them are. Oh yeah, your, your yeah, listeners yeah, awesome. are so passionate. Yeah, and they're really good they're fans. Awesome. We need yeah. to do that again. Actually, that was just the first time doing. That. I think we would. I think it would blow up even more. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. We, we'd love to do that. We'd love to organize. Because I think you guys were the very first certification or anything that we had at the studio, right? I don't think we had anyone. Might before. have been one of the first yeah. ones. We yeah. just recently had. Um, what was it? Uh, FRC. FRC was there. Yeah, over yeah. eighty-eight trainers. Eighty-eight trainers in there. Wow. Yeah, it was a packed house. And they're all super passionate. I mean, everyone who does our certification courses are passionate because they're investing their money to uh, continue their education. Right. But the guys who listen to your, your show are real, real good. Yeah, we'd love to go back up there and, and do another one. Yeah, I love that gym too. It's nice. Yeah, hey, you nice. guys, you like guys took a hiatus, sleep huh? on that turf. You guys like took a hiatus from this for a little bit? How from long? The podcast? How, yeah. Well, from the, this podcast, yeah. yeah. Uh, like three months. Three months. Three, three months off, yeah. You get a bunch of hate mail. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but a few people... Uh, How are you yeah. guys? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I took a bit of time off to concentrate more on the on the business. Uh, the back end of last year, like most gyms, started to die off oh, a little yeah. bit. So right. we, uh, we are really... Uh, focus focus on that and then as well our education program the Boxman Academy uh, we've put that online now that's that's live online that's why I'm interested in your online program oh, awesome. how's it working for you online the, the course really good mate Fantastic. really, really yeah, good yeah. I, I'm loving it it's just now now we're at the stage where I really want to figure out different ways to market it and, and get it out there to, to other people you know because what we offer, I'm not just saying, it, is, is amazing. It's a, for, for personal trainers, for fitness professionals. Uh, we just need a, more people to know about it so they can do the course and right. you know, then earn more money. Right. Yeah, but it's gone really well. Excellent. Uh, how do you use Mark or yours? I mean, you've got this massive podcast. So that, is that your main? It's just through the podcast, social media. Um, we have an incredible forum. So we have a private forum where you know our most diehard fans will enroll in this forum and that's uh, where they can ask us questions. We get on there several times a day. They talk to each other. They share things. And this is just, it's just a great, awesome community. And whenever we release a program, we release it to them first right. at a discount. So they're one of our largest segments. I think there's a lot to that too. I think oh, yeah. a mistake that a lot of people make when they're building like a virtual business is they focus so much on the growth and the size of people that they're reaching. Like they want versus, total numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Versus really taking care of maybe the five that you have. Yeah. yeah. And that forum, I'll never forget. I mean, it was not that long ago when it started and it had five people in it. And every day, the three of us were in there talking to all five of those people, nice. answering every question they put they possibly had. And we continued that until it had 100, and then 300, and then 500. And now it's got thousands of people in there. Wow. But we've created a culture now. Now, none of us even, if we didn't want to, we still do come in there every day. But we could literally stay away from it for a month, and it would completely run itself because we have enough doctors, PTs, and nutritionists, and other trainers and coaches that are really, really intelligent that are in there, and they're all helping each other. How do you get and, this for them? Yeah, you, you, can, you can sign up for it. So you go on our site, and there's a, yeah. there's a fee, that, an annual fee that you pay. Uh, it's, is it 97 now? Are we up, are we up to 97? 97. 97. Yeah. And uh, you get on this forum, and you pay that per year, and you're there, and you can... Ask us questions, right. tag us, talk yeah. to other and people. It's great because it literally is like the pulse of our business. And uh, oh, we know if we do something wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. That Immediate yeah. feedback. You know, whether it's something we said on the podcast or it's like you know feedback from any of our programs or things that we could tweak to polish. Like it's it's so valuable not just to them but to us and, and right. for us to listen to them and um, you know alter things it, for a lot of other businesses. I highly suggest, you know, you go in that direction because, 
you know, then you're going to really tap into what the consumer wants. And it's not about you and your ego as far as like, I, how, I how know what to, to yeah, right. how, how, how massive we can get and how many people we can, you know, reach. It's, it's about like you really fostering that community you've already established. You can so. build a seven to eight figure business off of a solid two to 5,000 people. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't need a hundred thousand. You don't need a million people on Instagram or YouTube following you. If you if you take care of a, a few thousand people really fucking well, you can have a multi million dollar business, no problem. And I think lot, in this day and a people don't age, realize that yeah. it's it's totally distorted because we have all these this. I mean, when we were all kids, none of us had this Instagram bullshit yeah. and stuff like that. Where, but now you got these kids that are twenty years old that are making a million dollars a year because they do have millions of people on YouTube, and they're getting it through advertising. But they don't really have a sustainable business. I mean, we, we meet these kids all the time, and they're not they're not entrepreneurs. They're they they hacked into an Instagram system or Facebook, and they've got a lot of friends, and they show a lot of ass, or they're popular, right. and that's how they got, they got all this attention. Oh, we, but they really don't have a solid business model and you can see there's a huge discrepancy we'll meet somebody who's a hundred times bigger than we are with their reach but their business does 50 percent of the revenue that that mind pump does every year and it's just be, it's because their their mentality is wrong it's all centered around getting more attention but not really yeah. truly learning to add value to the people's lives that you're touching yeah, 100%. if you focus on the few people you have and you add value to their life mm-hmm. oh. you got yourself a oh. real fucking yeah. business we have, we have yeah. a friend who's got we have a friend who's got uh three million followers uh on facebook three million likes and uh, every time they post something, a video, whatever, they get 100,000, 200,000 views. Well, and they're so focused on the volume that that's extremely important to them. Well, Facebook changes their algorithm. Next day, now they're getting 3,000 views. Yeah. Your business is screwed now. Right. But on the flip side, if you have a few thousand, 5,000, 10,000 people, but you provide a tremendous amount of value, they're going to seek you out for what you have and it's much more resilient and what, who is well, it that a lot says, of people a lot of people don't believe us when we tell this story but this is true and it happens every time we release anything whether it be a t-shirt a new program but people purchase and a lot of people purchase and say they're never going to open it they don't care they're like they're like i already have a program or i'm already following or i'm already doing this or i don't even like the shirts but they feel compelled to support uh. the business so they just buy, and they say that, like, "Oh, I bought it. I'm not even. I haven't even opened the last three that I, I bought." You know what I'm saying? But it's you guys have provided so much value in my life over the last yeah. 600 episodes, all the YouTubes, all the blogs, all the connection you've given us that they feel compelled to give us. What's that? Who is it that says a thousand for a thousand? Isn't that a saying or something like that? No, it's a business model. It's business a, model. A thousand like, people that will pay a thousand dollars. There's a million bucks right there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so you've built a an emotional relationship with all these people. Yeah, and I'm, I'm massive on that. That's, that's huge for Martin, mm-hmm. building that emotional relationship for people to buy shit and not even use it. That's what they're doing. We're just grateful. I mean, um, you have to stay humble. I tell you, I'll tell you that right now because as fast as it comes, it can go yeah. just as fast. And so we're just extremely, extremely, anytime somebody buys anything from me, I'm always, even to this day, I remind myself how crazy it is that somebody just paid you know, X amount of dollars for a digital product that I created. And so I'm just extremely grateful that somebody's, no different than if somebody came in my house and brought yeah. me a gift or something right. like that. So I just may not be able to see or touch them. So we try, and look, obviously there's logistics, right? We can't possibly answer everybody. We can't possibly, but we really do try to go out of our way. And the cool thing about that is we've met uh, some extremely successful people in the internet space who many people haven't heard of, but these are people making eight figures a year with their business. 
And if you ask them, like, how did you do it? Or how are you doing? How are you so successful? They all say that's number one. The number one thing is I try to give back and talk to and contact and, you know, answer as many questions as I possibly can. And it that made that big of a difference. It's so. less about growing, growing the numbers and it's more about taking care of the ones you currently have. Yeah. yeah. And then it naturally does yeah. grow. Yeah. yeah. Well, like totally. what you said there, but when you get people's buying your digital product, I was sitting this morning with my wife and after breakfast, I went on my emails and I seen we had three people sign up. What have you seen? Three people sign up for the Academy in March, which is it's $300 a person, but it's like $900. Like, while I'm having breakfast. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's the <laughs> fucking best, most rewarding feeling The internet ever. is awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's really good. And I know for a fact that, uh, that we're going to provide so much value for these people as well. I'm not just yeah, yeah money-hungry bastard. Yeah, right. you know? I know that we're going to provide and, and hopefully change their lives, we'll yeah. change a lot of people's lives. Yeah. So that as well, is, and the fact that we're making money while I make me breakfast, yeah. it's, it's just fucking... It's great. Oh, it's really crazy, especially with, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure this plays a factor, but, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, super wealthy, and I, I'm, I'm from, I'm the, the product of immigrants, both of my parents were poor uh, Sicilian immigrants, they worked very, very hard for, to provide for us a, a middle class, you know, lifestyle, and um, I just, you know, I see the value in it, like somebody buys something from me, mm-hmm. I am going to deliver yeah. way more value than I think you, you paid, like you give me a hundred bucks, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars in return and serve it, I'm just... Because I see the value, and I don't know if that's part of my, my upbringing or whatever. I think that has a little bit of, to do with it, and I it just and I think we also have to build it. I think it comes really easy. You don't necessarily value it as much. If people just throw right. money at you, you might not value it as much because we do work very hard. But it is it's it's freaking awesome. Like somebody wants to buy something from me, and then they like it, and it helps them. Like yeah, yeah. What else can I do for you? You that's, know what I mean? That's the exact t- approach I try to take to every like personal training and private training as well. Like it's like it's humbling that someone wants to spend good money and spend an hour of their time with me and learn from me and grow and build their fitness or whatever it is, their health, strength, whatever, from me. That's a humbling thing. And I think what you said about your background is huge. Same for me growing up. I was taught like to value money and you, you, you work to get money. Money Stuff isn't just given at you. You've got to go out there and earn it. And I think that gives you stands you in good stead. And now I see that coming back to me later on in life because I, I see a lot of people who are just kind of like blase about stuff they don't really give a shit or they kind of take things in their stride and it's just oh it's just another client or whatever and especially in this industry oh yeah and and in this city oh especially in an area like this one absolutely so i think if you have that kind of mentality you do kind of stick out a little bit and that's one thing i try to put across in our academy in my lectures as well is just you know like be humble and value every single person that wants to work with you and it's a slower grind it's a slower grind and i think that's we're we're in this instant gratification era right now yeah. where everybody just expects man i started my instagram and i did all this cool shit why am i not famous yet or i should <laughs> yeah. i have to get pictures why am i not rich yet yeah. like it's just this instant gratification but building a real it's no different like we're just we now are in this virtual world but if this virtual world didn't exist and i had to build a brick and mortar it literally be brick by brick guest by guest member by member you yeah. know what i'm saying and i would treat each one like they're they really are my paycheck and i may, may lose them so they're going to get this extra great treatment all of a sudden we get in the virtual world and we stop doing that because it's they're flooding in from all over the place right, and so right. people don't value those people as much but that's part of the why they're not that successful they'd yeah. be a lot more successful if they they treated each customer as if it was their last customer well, it's 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 character and, and you know what, what builds character i think is meaning and what gives you meaning is you have to challenge challenge is what gives things meaning so if i work hard and i have a dream and i'm passionate about it and i grind at it and then 
it starts to pay me back. There's a lot of meaning to that because yeah. this is something I worked really hard and I put my heart into, my passion into. Now, if it just came easy or if I grew up super rich and you know, I don't really value these types of things, it's not going to have that much meaning. And I've had, look, I've, I've had lots of employees and you can, I could tell within five seconds if someone's going to have that character or someone's not going to have that character. In fact, when I, would, when I would hire people, I used to not look so much at what you know and how experienced you are as I'd look for character because I know with that character, we can go way further than yeah. you come to me with a kinesiology degree and I have all this experience and this and that and I used to make this much money in this little gym over there and I'm like, okay, this is going to be an uphill battle to get this person to really care about you know, what they're doing. Yeah, how your character and train skill, that's what they say, right? Yeah. I remember when me and Kev come up your up San Jose and talking about the online search, I can't remember whose phone it was, but it was keep flashing. And I'm sure you said every time it's flashed, that's a seal on the on the online side. Oh, yeah. was, was that right? Or not? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who told you that. Yeah. That's, that's what that, that's what that yeah, light maybe. is. I was like, what's that flashing light? It's been yeah, for like forty-five. These fuckers have just made five grand while we're doing this podcast. It <laughs> yeah, got to. A, I remember when we when that that first time that ever happened. Right, I remember when we first started. Oh, it was, was funny. just like the same feeling you said. It was like this really exciting feeling to be like ding ding and see that. Like, yeah. Whoa, shit! This it's like is a really slot cool. Yeah. <laughs> it literally got to the point where it would kill my. It kills my phone now, so I actually have to shut the notifications off because of it, which Terrible was such problem. a cool thing to have when that, that happened. <laughs> right. But I actually know now where I don't even look, um, you know, but this has just happened probably in the last year or so where I, I don't even look at it. It gets me too, um, too stressed out on to see the waves. Yeah, you can't watch you know what I'm saying? So if there's, if there's a dip of a thousand to two thousand dollars in one day, all of a sudden I'm panicking when I don't need to be worrying about this. If I need to be focusing right. on other parts of the business that are more important yeah. and, you know, getting caught up in the, the numbers all the time like that, it could really fuck it's with It's like you. watching so, the stock market every day. You'll lose yeah. your mind. Oh, right? yeah. Even more so the cryptocurrencies now. <laughs> I don't know if you watch that. I'm, 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 I'm super I'm crazy, crazy, but I don't, I don't even yeah. look at mine. You don't, yeah. I literally, yeah. so uh, somebody asked me the other day because we talked about crypto and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the blockchain technology and, and so I've invested in it. But I also, I'm a big gambler, right? So I gamble on sports every week. And so I, and it's, I call that my fun money. Like if I lose it, I lose it. And if I win, I win, whatever. But I don't, you know, I'm not somebody who gets crazy and gets progressively worse. It's just, mm-hmm. I have a few, few bucks that I put aside and say, this is my fun money. Well, I did the same thing with cryptocurrency. I said, yeah. okay, I have X amount of dollars that I would be gambling this month. I'm going to invest it in five yeah. or six companies that I believe in. And, yeah. and I'm just going to let it sit. And I watched it for a while and I'm yeah. like, uh, that's okay. Yeah, I was, when I first started, I'd watch it like every, within, I'd watch, look at it two or three times in an hour. <laughs> And I'd be like, oh shit, I just earned a thousand dollars. And then it's like, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's like, fuck, what happened? Do you plan <laughs> to stay in? I mean, are you yeah, somebody yeah. who's oh, in yeah. for the long? Do you believe sure. in the blockchain? Yeah. I do, yeah, I think so. And I mean, even so recently, like the last week or so, it's been pretty steady. And I think people will get their confidence back. And then, you know, I think Bitcoin's at like 10 and a half, 11 right now. It was at 19, but it dropped down to seven, but it's been right around 10 now for a while. And so I think people will get their confidence back and start investing. Are, in are you the only one? Or Glenn, I know. What, what's your stance on, on cryptocurrency and blockchain? You're more I, the political I, I guy out of all of you guys, never, right? I never really got involved. I don't have enough money for that stuff. Well, Fuck off. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I, bought, uh, I, I bought Bitcoin at 15 grand and then it went down there. Don't but you really. kept it though. You didn't sell it. Did no, I've still got it. I've still got it. Yeah, I yeah. bought a few more as well. But sell high, not low. I'm just, I'm just leaving it. But I, I invested in, in Twitter. Uh, the, the, before me and me and Kev paid ourselves uh, a couple of years ago, five grand bonus each from the gym. And I thought I've never done any stocks. I don't know anything about it. I'm on Twitter. I'm thinking, I wonder what I can get. I thought, fuck it, let's have a look at Twitter. And it was like, it was cheap. It was like twenty 
five or whatever, 30 uh, stock. So I put the full five grand in Twitter. The very next day, the CEO left and I just went, good, hit the fucking floor. <laughs> Diversify. <laughs> I, went, I lost half, I lost two and a half grand. I was like, shit. <laughs> but now yeah, Twitter's starting that's to That's a up. classic, classic, yeah, yeah, yeah first time. Investor mistake, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just find the first. I got, I invested in, so when the, you know, this whole medical marijuana thing was starting mm. to get, you know, big and I was started researching into the science of, some of the potential medical applications for cannabinoids. Uh, at the time, I had a family member who had uh, terminal cancer. So I was looking at, there was no treatments that we could do. She was terminal. So I looked at every available alternative treatment, and I tried to find ones that actually had some scientific backing, and I looked up cannabinoids, and cannabis has some really interesting anti-cancer properties. So I dived deep into the science, and when I came out of that, with all the scientific study at the time, it wasn't nearly as much as it is now, but there was still quite a bit. I looked at it and I said, holy shit, this is, there's actual real, like groundbreaking potential applications for cannabinoids for a lot of different things. So I looked for companies that I can invest in because I'm not going to go invest in something that's still federally illegal. That's very, very risky. You could do it and you could probably still do well. But so I looked on the the market and I found a company called GW Pharmaceutical that's actually a UK based company. And they make uh, medicines off of cannabinoids, actual pharmaceutical drugs. And one of their products was going through trials to treat uh, intractable forms of epilepsy. And I had read studies earlier showing that parents in the US were taking, were breaking the law and getting high CBD cannabis to treat epilepsy because their kids were going seizure free. So I said, this is something, right? So I bought it and it wasn't even available on the stock exchange yet, it was over the counter. So I had to buy the pink, you know, pink sheet over the counter, which is quite quite risky. I bought it at $9 a share. And I bought, how much did I buy? I bought a, quite a bit. I think about like 20 grand. Well, I, went, I went deep, right? It was, yeah, it's worth over $130 right now. So I went from nine to 130. And, and their medication still hasn't, it's still now it's in phase three. But every time they do a test, it comes out that it's remarkable. But I see the other applications for it. You just wait till they come out with a cannabinoid cancer treatment, something that you actually use to reduce your chemo. And you watch the news articles are going to come out, you know, cannabis treats cancer. That shit's going to explode. So, so you put 20 grand in it. I believe I put over the, over the course of a year, I invested about 20 something thousand. How much is that 20 grand worth now? Uh, oh, it's, it's quite a bit more now. I don't know. I, gotta, I haven't looked at it in a while. I haven't looked <laughs> at it in a while. It's probably over six there, years, yeah. something like that. Fucking yeah, so triple it. But yeah, it's pr- but it was, it was uh, um, you know, I looked at the science. I looked and saw. Yeah. It's still a big risk, right? Because right. you never know yeah, what, the, yeah, yeah. what the laws can be. But yeah, with the stock market, you got to be careful. Because yeah. I, what I did is I put that money in there and then I just, I don't even have it. I pretend like yeah. it. That's why I don't even know. I, I don't look yeah. at it because right, I'll right. freaking. Play the long game with it. Oh, I'll drive myself crazy <laughs> if I watch it every day because I've yeah. seen it do this, you know? Right. So forget about so it. What's gonna be, so what's going to be next with your. Uh, with your business now, you, I remember before you were telling us that you were looking to tr- start working with trainers who were going to do certification courses. Is that still? So we did it. We did a, a, a free class for trainers to, uh, and really it was a feeling out process. We wanted to know what they wanted from us, and we also taught them how to program workouts based on the maps philosophy. We did some sales training with them. We talked about building a virtual media or social media business to yeah. supplement or to be their personal training business. Yeah, that was all a free course, so that wasn't yeah. something that we Totally were... free. So we did that. That is something still we're looking down the road. We're also looking at, um, you know, potentially helping podcasters build their business. But in the immediate, in the immediate future, we want to produce four to six programs, fitness programs a year, 
and we want to continue to outproduce our competition in terms of, of, of media. Well, and this year we're content. getting we're getting very specific this year, right? So we just we we just uh, finished the hit. We're getting ready to. Uh, we just partnered up with Robert Oberist, who's like the strongest man, a strong man competitor, like the number one guy in the world right now. Who's really really cool guy, a good friend of ours. And we're going to do a strongman program, and we're going to partner with him on that. So oh, a lot of the programs you're going to see us do in the future, uh, we'll partner with other experts in that field and be yeah. more specific. So we did a very broad stroke, all the programs that we, we feel are for mostly the general population. But then what happens when I get a soccer player or an obstacle course racer or someone that has a specific like athletic goal or something that they want to train for, we're starting to get other influencers or experts in that arena and then we're we're partnering together yeah. creating programs who would you say your competition is who, who else is doing this i don't thing? think we really have well, competition so, yeah, so, body no no, no. Um, for programs there's a lot of people that produce programs yeah. we're, we're we don't i mean most programs online will cost you anywhere between 20 to 50 dollars our programs are around 100 dollars, so we, we charge more but they're quality they're good you know right. the programming is excellent um but I, you know we're a media company more than anything, you know, producing yeah. just as much fitness content as possible. There's some other, you know, podcasts. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, channels, I wouldn't say there's, I don't believe we have any real true competitors. And that was part of, we're, I think we're disruptors in our space. Like what we, what we're trying to do is, is totally different than what anybody else is doing. There's lots of people that sell programs, but really programs are what's just fueling the business right now. It's what's helping us continue to build and You're fund. You're a smart version of it, really, aren't right, you? Right, right. Trying it's, to. Yeah. And, and, That's the goal. And, yeah, the goal, the goal is to uh, to not compete with them. In fact, we're even planning on, in the future, branching out of just fitness. Like we're talking about dropping off Raw Fitness Truth off the podcast title and just being Mind Pump because we're now getting into political conversations. We're getting into economics. We're getting into all kinds of other Popular topics. Popular culture. Like, yeah, you know, pop culture and fashion. Wow. Like So we're branching out. Well, we all of us, as much as we are, we're, we're experts in fitness. We love the podcasting part and the interviewing, the art of that, so mm -hmm. much that we want to continue to excel that skill. And really, the everything else will just support what we're doing here. How many shows yeah. are you doing now a week? Five, five, yeah. Five. Yeah, been doing five Would you not consider doing another podcast? Have you thought about that? Um, well, really, what's the, the show kind of we morphed. So, yeah, we've thought about it, but more than that, I think what we'll probably do is segment our show. So what we may yeah, have like, right. like at the moment, what we do with our, our Q and A episodes, which are our most popular ones, right? So we do three of those a week and we do two interviews a week. The three Q and A episodes will answer four fitness questions, but the first 30 to 45 minutes of the episode is you know, entertainment, banter, and current events. Right. So it's almost like two shows. You got 45 minutes of entertainment and current events, and then the last, you know, 45 minutes is we'll answer the questions that our audience asks us, and right. then we'll get into the fitness. Has that just changed? Because I remember before you used to do the long intros. That's right? what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, like, it, but it wasn't 45 minutes. Was no, it's, it's, this has evolved. This is just recent. In yeah. fact, we made, it, we made it a point, you know, we, were, we sat around, and we all talked about, you know, we would kind of reassess our goals at the end of the year, and this was at the end of the year where we're talking about some of the things that we wanted to do, and part of that was moving outside of fitness. And we really, we all looked at each other and said, "We're really not doing that." Right. And then it was like, "Okay, well, how are we going to do that?" Well, sure, we're interviewing these people, but it's still not helping us break free. And you know, we all decided that the way we are going to get into all these other topics is to start to bring current events that have nothing to do with health and fitness to the podcast every morning. So each guy always has something that just 
hit news or and it, it, everything from sports to politics to anything that that's that's popping in the news right now we'll bring up on the show and then we'll openly discuss back and forth and now that we've been pushing that it's been stretching our intros to four, 45 minutes sometimes even an hour before oh. we even get into the the podcast and we have a we have a pretty good even split of people that tune in just for that part of the podcast yeah so even though we're not running two different podcasts in a way we kind of are we have we have a hardcore group of people that don't give a shit about our political views but they want to hear our, our fitness knowledge that they hang in there for that and then we have a, a good portion of our, our listeners that don't give a shit about fitness they truly just love to hear us discuss topics that they're already thinking about because they're watching on tv it's yeah. funny they just did a, our forum because again our forum's so great right we started doing this and our forum did a, a poll in the, you know, you could do polls in Facebook or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, which part of the of the show is your favorite, the intro or the fitness part? And and it was actually like like something like sixty five or seventy percent like the intro. Wow, better than the fitness part. Which that's is kind of, which awesome. is kind of cool because that gives us a lot of flexibility. And that's it feels like a natural evolution, though. I mean, if you go back in our library of over seven hundred episodes of just you know, I mean, we've talked about other subjects, but primarily fitness based. Oh, I'm tired of fitness. It's just like you could <laughs> go back. We have this like elaborate library for you you yeah. know like we need to move on yeah, you right. know it's just it's just part of the it's selfish we'll be honest it's, yeah. it's it's partially selfish we think it's a smart business move but it's partially yeah. selfish i think if we're going to continue not leaving fitness it's no, just, no, no no right yeah. if we're going to continue to be our enjoy base. enjoy doing this this skill and and progressing i think that we want to branch beyond what i mean we could sit here and talk macros and exercise program until we're all yeah, fucking yeah. blue in the face yeah. like that that doesn't get me excited. What gets me excited is when I get done with like an interview like we just had with Drama, who doesn't know a lick about fitness. He's scared to even interview with us because he thinks we're going to talk about fitness, and we go nowhere near fitness. We just have great discussion. Like that, yeah. to me, is what I really enjoy right now. I really enjoy having dialogue with, with guys and girls that has nothing to do with fitness. Yeah, it's just a good so, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. On about uh, marketing here, I had a meeting with a guy who does all of you know, on it, on it's marketing oh, yeah. with uh-huh. Brandon and does glory kickboxing roots of fight are you familiar with them mm-hmm. yeah uh, John Breer his name is I don't know if you know him and I went out a meeting with him and asked him about how can we promote the Boxing Burn Academy the education program and he said promote yourself mm-hmm. like promote you three the, the owners of the, of the company mm-hmm. and it'll filter down yeah. you know uh, is that something you use a big on that's an, that's an interesting theory and there's and there's it's there's, kind of a new one right well or, yeah or social it, media like Gary V sort right of, uh, people think that it's yeah. necessary now that we if you're going to be have a successful business that that people want to connect with the CEO or the people the man or the woman behind behind the scene that's running all of it and I believe there is some truth to that but i also think that you you sometimes have to be careful like for example like i your guys's business model is great because it's it's about box and burn and there there's you have these three bright men but it, behind it but it's not about it's not you know glenn or tony's gym and i think that can be dangerous because that can pigeonhole you into being stuck to doing that forever right you could still be tony jeffries and box and burn could still be thriving and it could still be filling your pocket but you can be off doing something completely yeah. different because yeah. you've set it up that way yeah. we built mind pump with the same same idea that we will have that option if we ever decide we want to make a pivot, but we still love the business and want to keep it running. Where some of these guys and girls who promote their business and build it like as their name and the whole thing revolves around their name. Right. I think you can build a very successful six figure business off of that, you know, yeah. where you're making a hundred to $900,000 a year off that way. But as far as building a company off of just your name that's and not, not being a celebrity, that's, 
well, it's cool. tough. Like you see, like uh, like um, you see that with current even tech companies like Elon Musk. Mm. If Elon Musk stepped down from Tesla, Tesla's share price would drop considerably. Even right. though the company, same people running it, whatever. So what just happened with Steve Jobs when he left. I don't know when he passed away or whatever. So it's it's a little bit dangerous to be that celebrity CEO yeah. or that person that gets all the limelight and whatever. But it can also be a. The hookup culture today has gotten so out of control where it's, it's, it's not about having Just a connection. swipe right. It's not about, yeah, it's not about having a connection. It's about fun. It's about, and then depression, anxiety through the roof. People are, they want that connection. They want those relationships, but they're told that they need to just make it meaningless. And look how the kids are feeling that. Alcohol, you know, drugs, parties. Very rarely, let me put it this way. Very rarely does stuff like that happen without the introduction of substances that'll take you out of your own mind. Think about that. You ever, how many one night stands happen when you're just hanging out at a restaurant and you meet somebody? Yeah. Quite rare. Usually it's at the bar, drunk, lights are dark, you know, it's the end of the night, let's go make this thing happen real yeah. quick. And then how do you feel afterwards? Yeah. And think about how many men who do that and a lot of the, a lot of the reason why they're doing it so they could tell their friends the day after. Yeah. You know? I think, I think there's, a, there's a certain level of, of insecurity and, and depression that can also be correlated if you don't have if you're not actively sexual of course. or having sex or, or you don't have that lifestyle if you if you can't you know get laid you know i think there's a lot of uh internal conflict that can happen from that too of course of course for two areas one is am i am i, am I, am I not worthy mm-hmm. am i am i feeding yeah. this insecurity the other part is lack of connection but there's a pendulum that tends to swing with society and we yeah. like to do this where we go over here you know, having sex at a wedlock is evil and you should never do it and don't masturbate because you're going to, you know, you're going to go blind and all that stuff. Yeah. And then it goes over here to here my uh, wrists. Yeah. You know, have, have sex, sex with, with everybody. everybody. It doesn't mean anything. It's just right. pleasure. It's just your body. I don't think either end is ideal for and most people. Now we're in mega sexual harassment territory. Yeah. Whilst <laughs> there's like Tinder and all this stuff going on. It's just like, oh, what, what's going on here? It's like one side of it's saying, hook up with as many people as you can as quickly as you can and just get it done and then on the other side it's like you can't even say this to somebody because it's sexual harassment well, so harassment you created such a up is different <laughs> no but you just cre- we're creating such an open open uh, culture of like sexual liberation and freedom where it's just like you're on an app and you're swiping people and there's no emotional connection like I know that. Google saying, and Facebook are putting in a bunch of like uh like structure in, within the company for like dating. They're trying to control the dating within their company. And saying you yeah. can ask once, they say no. You yeah, you saw, it. you read that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I don't know if you guys watch Bill Maher at all, but he had a bit, big bit on it last night in his show. It was pretty funny. He talked a bit about it. It's yeah, I think, really? I think that's pretty, pretty yeah. wild, like where, where that could potentially lead, where they're trying to control something like I'd that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the future of sex, right? Because I was talking to this guy before, this, this big bodybuilder. Uh, he seemed like, a, I can't remember his name. But uh, we were talking about now. I was I was telling about how now it's it doesn't seem like it's a big deal anymore. Like when when I was thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Like if you had sex with someone, I'm like wow, the, yeah, you slept with him. Or like I wouldn't marry a woman who slept with more. I'd go with a woman who slept with more than this many people. Like, but now it's just like it's so easy to get it. My friends visiting from from England. Not not a good looking kid at all. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're watching. <laughs> yeah. uh, Shout out. He he, he for. 10 days, slept with 10 girls. I mean, wow. These fuckers were coming, they were picking them up in the car. He was driving somewhere in LA with them, fucking them in the car, and then dropping them back off. Like, 10 girls in 10 days, and like I say, he's, he's an ugly bastard. So, <laughs> so, what they look like, though. <laughs> so, uh, the, like, sex is not that big of a deal anymore. 
anyway, this bodybuilder guy was telling me he thinks in the future uh, sex, sex is going to be desensitized where it might go the other way where people don't even want to have it. Well, it's I th- easy we're seeing it happen. Yeah. Well, we're you're seeing that it happen with ED and you're starting to see that, uh, that, uh, that on the rise. Right? It, 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 erectile dysfunction. Yeah. So the, the group, uh, the age group of men that is seeing the highest, uh, the highest uh, rise or the fastest growth of erectile dysfunction is actually men in their 20s. So not that, not that they have the highest rates of erectile Those dysfunction. Those are all taking Molly. And I see that. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> not that they have the highest rates, but, hub, bro. but it was almost non-existent. <laughs> yeah. A 20-year-old almost never went to the doctor and said, I can't get a boner. Well, part of that reason is pornography. You know, pornography, the male brain is uh, very... We're normalizing it. I mean, I'm sure you guys are seem like me. When I was a teenage boy, like, finding a, a magazine that with a girl yeah. with a boob was a big fucking yeah, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you buried it you, you buried in the backyard. You called your friends over once a week when mom was out of town. You guys could look at it. I mean, that's how it was... It was there was a lot, of, a lot of scarcity going on back when we were kids. And the, but now, the, the pornography thing... Like you, that just that uh, chemical release and that yes. uh, adrenaline hit and or whatever. Imagine well, if you're getting endorphin release. I mean, all of us know like Pornhub looks like now. Beyond. Imagine if you had that at 15. And then it's like, oh I shit! I, you actually room. have say, then you then someone who is used to that day in day out yeah. then goes well, an actual real sexual experience. You're right because like, right. oh, this isn't as good as what I was just watching yeah. last well, I mean, night. But you're t- so then you, they can't you, get it up and it's shit. And are then, you saying that people masturbate now more be- or, or because there is porn, there's pornography is easier to find? No, or, yeah, so no, no, no. It's so not that you masturbate right. more. It's yeah. what happens is so the male brain is very tuned. Desensitized. It's very tuned to novelty. That's the male brain. We're designed this way evolutionarily speaking because. Uh, you know, a woman can get pregnant how many times in nine months, right? Once. Yeah. How, many t- how many women can a, preg- a man impregnate in nine months, theoretically, right? An infinite amount, right? So we are designed to have the, to be turned on or stimulated by novelty. And novelty is just looking different. And every guy jokes around, right? You're with a girl for, for years and she could be super hot and attractive, but it's a new girl that might get you that same, yeah. you know, that excitement. And so that's what pornography does. It's that novelty, but it's so fast and so available that it literally conditions the brain. It's no different than uh, if you eat sugar all the time and then you go eat an apple or a fruit and it just tastes bland because your brain is, is wired to that extreme. It's been desensitized. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens is that your brain, and they've actually done MRI imaging in the brain and shown changes in the structures of the brain of chronic pornography uh, abusers. And so now you're a man, your brain is now conditioned to extreme novelty, to flipping through picture, 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 or video, 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 then when you go have sex in the real world, nothing. And it, they don't know why, it's, you know, what's going on. And so you know what the treatment for that is? Complete abstinence from pornography. And I know because... Forever? I, or just for a, a certain amount of time? It can take as long as a year before things get back to normal. But I'm usually after a few months. A, a self-imposed banner. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, well, you know, there's popularity in forums on, uh, on the internet where you'll, they'll call them like uh, no fap Wednesday, you know, no, no fap Wednesday fap. or no fap, you know, whatever. And guys will be like, oh, I haven't watched porn. Because they notice a difference themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But that's kind of the path that we're going down where sex is becoming so that it starts to lose its value. And then when that happens, I mean, well, I mean who so knows? There's websites too that are just designed for hooking up. Like that didn't exist when we were kids either. Yeah, yeah. Imagine being a 20 year old out partying and drinking. We're now, I, I have young nieces and nephews and that's, they go into a new city like your boy and there's apps that you can pull up and yeah. find. Like literally people who are looking to hook up. You can schedule, I know people that schedule their night like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this girl already said yes. I'm going to meet with her at five over here on East Side. And then I'm going to go over here at seven <laughs> and meet her. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like work. For sure, at least one or one, now, out, one out of those three are a, a done deal. And they do that. And now, there are, there are differences. There are gender differences. So, so uh, this is general, right? Because their individual variances can be quite large. But men 
tend to uh, have an easier time disconnecting from the emotional side of sex, and they tend to be okay being a little bit more promiscuous. So men, healthy men versus healthy women, generally the healthy men tend to be a little bit more promiscuous. However, when you look on the scale of promiscuity, when the promiscuity starts to go up through the roof where there's lots of this you know, just hook up culture, you notice a direct correlation to things like anxiety, depression, and just feeling like things are meaningless. And this is both for men and women. And I think they're just searching for feeling, searching for more. I want more. and I'm not getting it. What's going yeah. on? And that's a path of, uh, of destruction. Can anybody argue that being truly connected to somebody and taking your time to meet someone and have a true connection, can anybody argue that that is not worth it far more than a yeah. hundred hookups with random idiots yeah. that you yeah. know don't care about. Yeah, because yeah. it develops your brain about when you when you're meeting people and having this interaction. I mean, this interaction is is kind of gone these days as well. Like not this one, but like sure. a, a man. We're not a, having sex later. <laughs> 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 Sorry, but like a, a, a man and a woman at a bar. Like it's very rare that like, you meet someone there because everyone's just on the phone, on the phones all mm-hmm. the time and. Uh, starting conversations it's well think I think, about we're, it. I think we're gonna evolve out of that by the way we just talked yeah. we speculated about yeah, this on our I show the so. other day um great book irresistible by adam atler talks about this like right now we're praising technology about how much we're evolving how awesome it is and this connectability and all this right. great shit that we can have but no one's really talking about all the the issues that are potentially coming from it not just the behavioral addiction pieces but even like structural what's happening to our posture I mean, you're seeing kids now that are getting all these back issues and pain because of this being right. rounded over, looking at their phone for hours. That is shit that didn't exist. The pains and the issues that these kids are having are the ones that I'm used to seeing in 40, 50, 60-year-old clients because, of course, over time, they've ruined their posture. You're starting to see that in these young adults. So I think as more studies and more of that comes out and that gets progressively worse, you're going to see a, a backlash. And I believe that we're going to have a split down society of the plugged in people and then the unplugged people we touched on this a little bit last time we talked about why meditation's on the rise just with the instant you know yeah that's the counter people are realizing they've got shorter attention spans they're zoning out they've got you know they can't concentrate for a longer period of time meditation's on the rise because that's giving them that counterbalance Mm. it's a chance to just unplug and and decompress and get their mind right again you know it reminds me of so instantaneous all day it reminds me of um you know, anytime we have this, this huge technological advancement or something, we have to go through this period of indulging in it. And then everybody's like, oh shit, this is, there's some bad aspects of doing too much. Yeah. Now we need to like regulate it. You know what it reminds me of? It, and we're all right around the same age or I'm, I'm older than you guys, but around the same generation. It reminds me of when processed food became like a big thing and it was everywhere, right? Mm. And nobody really controlled it. Like kids were given, you know, Pop-Tart for breakfast and a donut for lunch. Ho-hos, Nobody cares. And then all of a sudden we saw obesity start to skyrocket and everybody said, hold on a second. We can't self-regulate this on our own. We need to like plan things out and, you know, figure out what to eat. And we had to kind of regulate it because we've never had to deal with that before. Like for most of human civilization, you ate what you got. All of a sudden we need to like be careful and control what we eat. I think the same thing's happening with technology. It's yeah. exploded. Nobody's putting these controls in. They're giving an iPhone to their kid or an iPad to their kid, and that's babysitting the kid all day long. Yeah. And I think in 10, 15 years, you're going to start to see people go, we need to have some regulations on, not government regulations, but we need to start self-regulating. because Which we are a little bit. You're starting bit. to see it a little bit. Yeah, and this the- is what I love about uh, being a human. It's just like evolution in action, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, if you think like 30, 40 years from now, we'll have like double the the 
power of the technology, but hopefully we'll double the smartness that we've got of, of how we use it and how we like regulate. We'll combine it. with and it. that's happening. The IQ level <laughs> oh, continues yeah. to increase. We so brought this up on the show the other day, and I had a ton of DMs of people telling me, you know, I, we were speculating with they're like, there's already places and restaurants that are forcing you to leave your phone at the door when you come in mm. because it's getting so out of control. It was yeah. just five years ago you would rarely see a cell phone at a dinner table where now it's rare you walk into a restaurant and you don't see everybody at every table with their phones out. There, yeah. was, there was a sign you posted on your story just the other day. It's like, uh, put, put your phones away, pretend it's 1995 and actually have some conversations with people. Like, <laughs> something like that was Excellent. amazing. I wish yeah. more, more places would do that. Yeah. I've got in a habit now of when I'm in a restaurant, I walk around and I'll look to see what people's on because <laughs> I'm interested and I just love yeah. to hear to see what they're on. Like, damn fuck was the man and a woman and what scrolling down Instagram and all that. I think it's <laughs> out of control. But yeah, I'm in a habit now of just peeking over people's shoulders. It's becoming so, a challenge to not be on the phone. Like, I'm like, yes, I've not been on it for like two hours. Well, these, I've not checked text for like four hours. These like, apps yeah. too, they've hacked, in, they've hacked into the formula too to get you addicted to it. I mean, like yeah. Instagram, even they release oh, they their likes. Yeah. So let's say someone like you post a picture and 500 people liked it as soon as you put it up. You won't see all 500 likes right away. You'll see 100, and then wait a little bit longer, then you'll see 35. Really? Oh, yeah, They, they restrict them. That's what they're doing. Of yes. course. Because they want, they they know, know you're going to check. Keep, they want to, they want to train you to keep coming back it. and yeah. coming back to the it. Drip, drip, they condition you too is like Pavlov's dog. You know, it's like yes. you see a like and you get there so is much a reward. Yeah, for that. The hit, There's man. a lot of science behind. I mean, that's again get, referring back to that book I talked about. Like they, I, I was blown away when I found out that a lot of these uh, these people that are responsible for creating this technology don't even allow their kids to use it because they know. They know they designed it with the intention to make you addicted it's to it. Crazy. And they're constantly refining it, getting better. So you talk, that's just one strategy right now over the last you know, six, six, seven months that I've read about. But God knows where they're at now as far as evolving it and making it more addictive. Yeah. Interesting. I love podcasting with you boys because I always learn something new. Always, it's <laughs> That's mind pump, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just took it straight back to 1995. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so boys, thank you for coming in. And next time... You're not coming in unless we do a boxing session. That's a that? deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a fair deal. Justin will do that, no problem. Just for Boys, just remind everyone where they can find you. Uh, so Mind Pump is the podcast. Our YouTube channel is Mind Pump TV. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Mind Pump, and then our name. So it's Mind Pump Sal, Mind Pump Justin, Mind Pump Adam. And then if you want uh, any more information on our programs, you go to mindpumpmedia.com. Before you even ever even consider buying something from us, I always tell audiences like to check out our stuff that we offer for free because we have a t- that was how we built this business is off of providing good free information. Yeah. The pr- yeah. programs, that's great. And all if you support the business, we appreciate that. But we offer what I recommend to people that are first finding out about Mind Pump is to go to the website, mindpumpmedia.com and actually go over to our 30 days of free coaching. And what we've done in the 30 days of free coaching is we've curated all the best information over the last 700 episodes that we think is the best that we could give to somebody who's just kind of finding us and they can go through and they get dripped an email every single day on a specific topic that we've addressed and they can dive deep into it and listen to all the episodes regarding it or they can move yeah. on to the next day, maybe a topic that they're more interested in. So nice. highly amazing. Rec- highly well, I highly recommend you boys because I'm a fan. So thank you, boys. Thank you. Nice one, boys. Thank you. Thank you, guys.